Hello, hockey fans, and welcome back once again to the most watched show in junior hockey, the most listened to show in junior hockey, the most show in junior hockey. Is it me? Am I the drama? Maybe. But I'll tell you one man who definitely is and or isn't the drama, depending on, well, depending on your outlook on a few things going on. It's Dan K. Dan, what are you getting involved in right now? I am going to fuel the burn here today. Hashtag fuel the burn from GMU Sport. Um, and I'm taking my thermo burns right now. So the boys here at GMU Sport, they said, hey, Dan K., we're not going to be mean to you, but we're going to tell you, you know, a little less pizza this offseason. I went, you know what, boys, I agree with you. I agree with you. And we got a guy here we're interviewing who, this guy's out here running 5Ks. This guy's getting in the shape. He's getting sleek as well. So let me take my thermo burn real quick. Oh, I forgot that was hot coffee. I just took that with. <laughs> For the folks at home who want an ASMR moment of the day, brought to you by Dan K. I just try to take a thermo burn pill with hot coffee. And I'm going to say don't do that in the future for yeah. anybody at home who wants to understand when you pour hot coffee directly off the boil. Not going to go well. But here's a guy who's always boiling hot on the bench. He's always ready to go. He's always ready to win hockey games, okay? This is a, this is a young coach in the game. And we always talk about, you know, you're able to connect to a player differently in today's world when you're close to the ice, when you're close to the game, when you're close to that age range. The game's changed so much in just the last five years, the last ten years, that it's sometimes hard to kind of translate what these athletes need on a day-in and day-out basis. This is a guy that we know for an absolute fact translates that each and every day. It's why he's had so much success coaching. He has made back-to-back -back trips to Nationals in his first two years here behind the bench here. He, he takes a Colonials team to a title game that nobody thought they even had a business being at Nationals at all, takes them to a title game. They were the anarchy was the call there. Then he goes to Charlotte, right? And he, and he just does it again in the elite. Now he's going to take on his third challenge in three years, making the march with the infantry to Columbia. Jacob Smulovich, Coach Smulovich, what's happening, babe? How we doing? I don't know if I, uh, you know, the thermo burn with coffee, you're kind of getting double the effect there. Probably a bad choice, but I'm going to be pumped up for this interview, man. We are going to be fired up. I got to go to the gym right after we're done here. So I figured I might as well start the process now, get the body burning a little bit, and then burn myself over to the gym. I like it. That's about, you know, my usual kind of pattern before uh, before my pregame speeches. So um, you guys know that pretty well, so it makes sense. I'm trying to bring the energy you bring, Coach, and we talk about that energy. Third team in three years, success at – both of the first two stops here. So a lot of times you hear the terms three teams in three years, like, oh, no, somebody's struggling, someone's doing poorly. But this is all by association with greatness, with success, with with a repertoire now that you've built for yourself of repetitive success. And you come to Columbia now, you take on a new challenge. Talk to me here. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, first of all, it's right. It's not like we're switching, um, you know, from different organization to different organization with, uh, with no continuity, right? We, we got the great, you know, Ryan Crothers, right? Uh, Trevor, like you just look at Jocelyn, right? Everyone that's involved with, with these programs. Um, I've been so lucky to work for them now for a couple of years. Um, you know, started in Charleston, moved to Charlotte, um, and, you know, now getting the opportunity to, you know, head coach at the premier level, um, while still head coaching at the elite level as well with Columbia. Um, and to be honest, I'm, I'm excited. The outpour of support we've had from the community, um, the 
player interest, everything. Just, I mean, I think it's going to be such a special atmosphere there um, that I'm really excited to be a part of it. And, you know, very thankful to them for trusting me and, and putting me in situations to succeed. And then hopefully, you know, I can repay them back with, uh, with success in Columbia. Yeah. I'll tell you, coach, we, we talk about you all the time here uh, and, you know, you look at just the success that, that you have day in and day out and, and I think it really translates from the way you connect with your players. Like whenever we hear from a group of guys that have played for for Coach Smoles, there's always a love there. there. There's this feeling of you're in the trenches with them, right? There's there's multiple ways to lead. And one of my least favorite ways people can lead is asking for tasks to be done that they believe are beneath them, right? Asking you to do something they wouldn't take on themselves. I don't think you do that, Coach. I think you lead by example. You lead in it every day. And that's one of my favorite things to watch for you behind the bench. No, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, these guys, like, especially at this level, right? I mean, so much of it is how well do you connect with them? How much do they trust you? Like, you know, if you look at some of the stuff I do, it maybe comes off a little quirky, right? Like the the dry scoops with, with starting lineups, stuff like that. Like, you know, to someone on the outside, it might not make sense, right? But like, but if you get your team to trust you, then all that stuff, you know, just helps kind of fuel it, right? Like, um, you know, if they trust you, then they listen to you. If they listen to you, then they perform, um, you know, so all that stuff kind of adds up, but, um, you know, I've been lucky and fortunate enough that the two groups I've had, had, you know, those kids that are really willing to buy in. And obviously a lot of that goes back to the culture, you know, in Charlotte and, um, you know, the brothers formula, so to speak, right. That you hear so much about. Um, and obviously that's the goal in Columbia too, right? Like we want that to be, um, kind of the next Charlotte, right? Like the same off ice on ice success. Um, and for me, just, you know, coaching the way that I coach with the, with the culture behind it that supports it. So. Yeah. And, and you look at it, I, I think you find so much success in this game. You find so much of, you talk about the, the Crother system or, or Jocelyn down there in Carolina with what he's, what he's doing with the, the academy, the school behind mm-hmm. the scenes, the building they're in. You look at Columbia now. It's an exciting market. I've been to Columbia before. It's that old school South Carolina feel. Kind of talk a little bit like this, a little bit like molasses under the tongue. I'm sure the folks of South Carolina are not going to like me very much. (laughs) I watch a lot of House of Cards, okay? And uh, you know, you look at House of Cards, and I always call Lucas my Douglas Stamper, okay? Doug, Doug, what do you think about Columbia, the Peachoid, and everything that is coming to Columbia this year? Well, I'm just so happy now. I don't have to do an accent. Dan's done enough of an accent for, I think, maybe everyone in both Carolinas, uh, just to be on the safe side. Um, Yeah, Coach, I mean, before I kind of get into it, I do want to bring up a good point. Uh, Dan, you said earlier that no one expected the Colonials to make it where they did. I'm pretty sure there was at least one person. One person who might currently be wearing a backwards hat on this podcast is Dan K. Exit stage left. Let me just turn my hat around real quick. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it was a fun it was a fun group to watch, really was, and and this year's Charlotte team is a fun group to watch. I have no doubt that this year's infantry team is going to be a fun team to watch. But let's talk about you, Coach. You have now, like as we said, even it's on the same organization, third team here, but the teams have been remarkably. Uh, remarkably consistent. Do, what do you feel like you bring when you get behind the bench, right? Especially now having to, to get behind your third bench now. What are the things that you feel like you bring to your team? What are the things you kind of want your team to give back to you? Because as, as Dan said, you're a younger guy, so you get that perspective of being a little closer with the guys. 
Um, so what do you give them and then, and then what do you want them to kind of feed back into you? Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, at least like what they kind of give back to me, right, is they continuously show me why I want to do this job, right, whether it's helping a kid off the ice, um, you know, whether it's it's helping a kid develop on the ice to where, you know, you go from day one where a kid might, you know, not be able to do something. And then at the end of the season, right, he's one of the best guys at doing that. Right. So, like, I think that just continuously reinforces why I want to do this um, in terms of what I give, like to be honest, right? Like I, I've always kind of been an underdog, like in, in a lot of stuff I've done. Right. And, and I don't hide from it. Um, you know, like in, in my Instagram bio, even I always put like destiny belongs to the underdogs. Right. Like, um, you know, and so I just, I feel like my teams never give up, like no matter where they're at, like you look at two years in a row, right. We've come up short, but it was funny. And my team and I talked about this, like how eerily similar our last game with Wilkes-Barre was to the Colonials Charlotte national championship um, the year before, right. We go down four zero um, come all the way back, end up dropping it by one goal. Um, and, you know, it was funny, like we were talking about it, like we were in the locker room and um, you know, it was different this time around. Cause I had a lot of the Charlotte guys that had, um, staved off the comeback the year before. Right. So, um, you know, I kind of looked at them and I was like, well, you know what guys, good news is we've been here before, right. At least I have, you guys are on the other side of it. Um, and you know, there were guys kind of chuckled. Right. And I was like, look guys, I'll tell you this. If we can tie it up, we can win. I was like, if we can tie it up, we can win. Right. And so, um, I just, for me, like those comebacks, that like, it, it, it's not much of, you know, maybe we were unprepared to start or whatever. Like I just, you know, find with our, my teams that no matter what, we always have a chance. Like I will never give up on a game. And, and I try to get my team to believe that no matter if it's three, zero, four, zero, five, zero, like you're never out of it in a game. You're never out of it in life with whatever it is. Like you can always find a way to kind of get back into it. And, and I feel like my team's better than most, right. They kind of get that comeback kid feel to them. Um, you know, we were never out of a game with Charlotte. There was how many third period comebacks we had this year. Same with Charleston. Like, um, I just feel like one thing with my teams is, you know, the game's never over. So, yeah. Now coach, you look at it, you look at this unique situation you had to kick things off the last two years here in the USPHL for you. I mean, you have an opportunity with a Charleston team that it's an underdog story. That's, it's an underdog's tale that, if, if you told me that come the end of that season, it was going to be you versus the rush and you guys would outplay them for plenty of moments in that game and, and put yourselves in a position to win a championship. And then you go to the rush, right? And, and you talk about the, everyone used the ELE. Dan K uses ELE all the time. Everybody love everybody. So the boys are clever at this level, right? What do yeah. they start? They start signs that say, everybody loves everybody except the rush. They're yeah. facing me, pointing at me going, Hey, Dan K, this is for you. And, you know, you look at it, you, you kind of, you went from the the upstart, the, the plucky upstart to the kind of the, the, we always joked about, like, it's like the Imperial March plays behind yeah. you. You walk out as the Charlotte Rush. Like, people want to villainize junior hockey. I don't know why, but they go for it and let them do it. But success, with success comes that type of feeling. With, yeah. that, with success, with winning games comes vitriol. Hampton Roads dealt with it before Charlotte. Charlotte took the torch on. They're dealing with it now. Richmond deals with the elite level. You look out in the Midwest West, teams like the Minnesota Blue Ox deal with it because they win all the time. They're always at the top of that division. You look in the Northeast, how about those Jersey hitmen, right? People want to see the winners lose. Talk, You get both mentalities. You get, I'm the evil villain with the big winner. 
you get the new upstart, you bring this to the new franchise in Columbia. How are you going to kind of meld those two together to make your successful? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting, right? Like, I don't think many people have gone like so quickly from, you know, the, the, the plucky upstart underdog that everybody loves to, you know, somehow the most hated team and, right? And it's just like, it, it was crazy, the transition, but I was like, you know what? I just kept saying, I was like, okay, like, look, like if I can go from losing the national championship to the rush by one to, you know, comforting the the rush guys when we lose, like, you know, I, there's bonds to be built everywhere you go. Right. But I think combining that mentality of, okay, you know, everyone's going to underestimate us because we're an expansion team to, Hey, like, you know, the expectation, my expectations to be good, like my expectations to be a national contender in year one. Um, you know, you look at the players we bring in and I think they kind of have that um, edge to them. Like, you know, you look at guys like, right. Phil Aramo didn't play hockey for three years, 63 points, right? Like he's a guy with an edge who's got more to give Nathan Fisher captain, you know, a Hampton team that didn't have the year they wanted. Now he gets to come in and, you know, be a big foundational leader in year one for Columbia. Like I'm trying to find guys that have an edge to them. Right. Like, um, and I think combining that with my expectations you get those kind of underdog guys but with the feel of hey like that's fine people want to underestimate us great we'll just keep beating them and you know that's that's my goal for for both teams elite and premier in year one coach i gotta ask you it's the elephant in the room right now you know you look at i gotta imagine you watch a little bit of dan Casio action because there's nobody i talked about more at the elite level than thomas villaramo i argue all the time I call Phil Aramo, and this is it's not a slight to Phil at all, but I call him the Kevin Euclid of hockey. He's a guy that when you look at him, you feel like he should be a fourth-line banger who's just going to beat you up, no hands, no speed, no nothing. And then he gets on the ice, and he's just stellar in every facet of the game. He scores points at will. He gets the big moments. He's a team guy. The guys love him in the locker room. Every time we saw him, smiles everywhere. The boys follow around him. He he exudes confidence. Man, you love. He's a great kid. Just a stellar kid. Yeah. An underdog story. You want to talk about an underdog story? That's one right there. How about the goaltender? So nice they named him thrice. Right. You look at John Dylan Clancy. I mean, two guys, pretty handsome. I'd say power ranking most handsome guys in hockey. Maybe one in three. Maybe I know Rhett Foster Lucas did say he was more handsome than you, so he gets number two from the Tampa Bay Junior. They talk about these guys a lot. Can you tell what what's your influence here from the Dan K show? I mean, is there any at all? Are you watching? No, I mean, look, right? There's a there's a <laughs> there's a level of popularity with these guys, right? Like you hear about them, you want to reach out to them, right? Like Philaramo was obviously a guy, right? Uh John Dylan Clancy was uh, you know, I had him at Rock City for for Matt Dibble last summer and um, he ended up signing with Wilkesbury, but I knew I wanted to chat with him this year. Um, you know, there might be one, two more guys that haven't been announced yet that, you know, I think will sneak into that category. So, um, you know, I just, I think that, uh, there's definitely an influence to it, right? Like guys watch your show, stuff like that. I mean, everything kind of has a level to it that it keeps growing. And for me, like, why not use, uh, why not use that as a recruiting list? Right. So, um, you know, it's not my fault. Other people don't want to take advantage of it. Yeah, you look at Cade Corbin too, right? This is a young guy who we talked to before last season who went out to Pueblo, and he talked to me. Yes, he, he was disappointed I was supposed to go out and ride the bull this year, but with everything going on, he never made it out to Pueblo. He'll be down in Columbia now. You yeah. look at 
Coach, I just love the way you build a team, and I love the way you look at the game. The way you look at the game is, you know, you're never out, never down. There's, there's no, there's no story that's over until you've written the last sentence, until you've put in the period on it, until you put in the exclamation point. However, you're going to finish it, you finish the book, right? You don't let the story half tell and throw it out. You read it the whole way through. I'm a player. I'm looking to go play somewhere. Why should I be in Columbia? Why should I be playing with Coach Malich? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, you start one with. Um with the background, right? Like a lot of expansion teams, you look at it and you're like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to get. Like, you know, am I going to get taken care of off the ice? Am I going to get taken care of on the ice? But you realize we have the same ownership as the Charlotte rush. And now you're like, okay, well, you know, I may hate the rush. Everybody love everybody, whatever. Like, but you also know that the rush get taken care of, you know, their players get taken care of on and off the ice. They develop on and off the ice. So that's one, right? Like, you know, that the track record's going to be there Two you got to help build something special, right? Like you're, you're coming to a division with, when you look at it, a team and coaching staff, that's going to be, you know, like I'm two straight years, right. At nationals, like you said, but without a ring. Right. So like the uh, you know, the expectations are high, like the drive, the will, everything's going to be high. Like you got to come in and help build something special. Like that's why guys like Phil Aramo, um, guys like, you know, Fisher, they, they've committed to it because they're O twos. Like they want to go somewhere where in their last year, they're going to be able to make a difference and really kind of create a, you know, a foundation, a legacy to leave behind. Like, I think if you're interested in doing something where, you know, you're going to develop as a player, you know, you're going to get taken care of. And at the same time too, you're going to get to look back in five years and say, man, I was a part of something really, really cool. I, I just don't think there's going to be a better spot this year. Lucas, I feel like I keep jumping on you. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's in a, a long history of success. I think, as you mentioned, but it's, it does, does do something for the squad to have that backing, right. To be associated with a brand because, you know, you never have to worry about teams within within that that umbrella of ownership not having nameplates, not having matching equipment, yeah. having to scrounge around for a jersey from four years ago, not having line sheets, not having the roster up to date. Those things are done without even a second thought, right? And in a world with a lot of junior teams who don't do those things, show up with no line sheets, how are you supposed to scout players, right? Don't yeah. do any social media. How are you supposed to know these players exist? Don't even get the, the numbers and names right on roster sheets, given different jerseys on game time. Like These are all the things that a lot of other junior teams unfortunately do, which you never have to worry about. With We never had to worry about it with Charleston, with the Rush, or I know with, with Columbia now. But I do want to talk about the recruitment because a new team – Always a little interesting. I know that you can, you know, you can fall back on your years in, in the game here. You've watched probably as much hockey as Dan and I have. Um, what kind of players are you looking for? What what's the team looking like? Are we going to get like a like a fast team? Are we going to get you know a team of, of skaters like they have down at Florida Eels where they're all going out individually? Are we going to get like a like a rough and tumble like ready to roll team? What, what's it going to look like? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at, you know, my teams the last couple of years, I try to build them from experience out. And I think that lets you play a lot of different styles, like with Charlotte, right? Like we could we could slug out that one zero game, right? We, we had a few of those. We could also win those nine seven games like we had with the Junior Canes at one point because you got guys like Matt Cliff and you got guys like, you know, we had Michael Miller, like 
you got those guys that can put the puck in the net too. And so for me, at least, like I like to build a team first in the net. Like, I think you have to have a strong goalie. You look at, you know, two straight years, we've had goalies that have been top goalies at this level. Um, now, you know, like you said, you got John Doan Clancy, you got Cade Corbin, right? Um, and then you have to have a defense that can move the puck extremely well. I just think in the modern game, like if you have defensemen that are slow footed, it catches up with you. I think you have to have D that can move the puck. And I think you got to have forwards that it doesn't matter how it happens. The puck just has to end up in the net, right? Like Phil Aramo, like you guys said, is that guy, like, you don't know how he does it, but he puts the puck in the net, right? Fisher, he's big, he's strong. He gets in, he can score. Like you got to have guys like that, right. Who can just find ways to score, and then I think you got to surround those guys with the crafty, creative guys. Like in Charlotte, we had Clift, we had Marku, we had Hoff Teaser, right? Um, in Charleston, you know, like he had an unbelievable year for Richmond this year, right? Like Garrett Albers had an unbelievable year. Um, you know, and Marco Panetta, right? A guy who can just score from anywhere with the puck, right? I know some of these names are a little bit blast from the past, right? Seth Kotler goes to Wilkes-Barre. We'll never forget the Alaskan. Come on, the Alaskan. Yeah, right? No. Um, you know, so you look at those guys and like, you know, I just, I think that's how you build a team. You have to have a mix of everything. Um, and so my goal in Columbia is to have an experienced team, um, but also, you know, guys who, who can contribute at every level. And especially with, with the elite level, having a local influence guys that, you know, care about wanting to make this successful in their own community that they've grown up playing. in, I think is important too. Yeah, I, I, I love all that, right? And that is that is so important, that community feel, right? Being able to have a bunch of different aspects of the game covered. It is it is really second to none. It's been great getting to watch you go to work these last two years. We're excited to see what the infantry have. The last one I got for you here is talk about the day-to-day, right? I, I know that there's, there's obviously a couple of different mentalities when it comes to the game of junior hockey day in and day out, but... You know, if you're a player and, and now you, you wear that, that patch, right, that badge, what is the day-to-day looking like under the, the tutelage of Coach Smulovich? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with preparation. Um, you know, I'm meticulous when it comes to the preparation, um, you know, with Charlotte. And a lot of it was there before I got there, obviously. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot from from Troy and, and Trevor and Ray and Ryan there. Um, you know, and that was my goal going to Charlotte was to learn all this. Like my goal in Columbia is to have very similar preparation to what Charlotte does. You get in in the morning, you're there, you know, at least an hour 30 before practice. Um, you know, you go through video every single day, um, different variation, but video every single day, you go through an off ice warm up. you get on the ice for practice, get off the ice for practice. You go to the gym from the gym, you go have lunch with your teammates. And in the evenings, you're helping out with youth hockey, right? Like, I think that's the routine I want to establish for these guys. And, you know, it's, it, it's not going to be the kind of team and, and there are teams and it's, it's sad because it ruins the game that, you know, guys show up 30 minutes before practice and, you know, pajamas and their, you know, slippers and backwards hats, like, you know, whatever they got going on. And that's great. I'm sure they have a lot of fun. They go out, they grab some, you know, cookout after the, after practice. That's great. But for us, right. Like it, it's going to be developing these kids on and off the ice. We want to have a presence with the youth hockey, like, you know, the rush do with CPH. We want to have a presence, um, you know, in the community, we have USC 15 minutes away, right? We have the ability to go market the team in a location where we could get six, 700 fans to a home game, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such a tremendous opportunity. I don't want to see it wasted by us not preparing the right way. 
when you look at it too, I mean, the amount of times you hear complaints at the tier three level or even the tier two level and junior hockey as a whole of kind of the environment or, or I, I know it's, it's not good enough of an environment or a place to play or this or that, but a lot of times it's, it's a creation of our own, right? As players, as coaches, as owners, we, we don't put the time and effort in that you're talking about. We don't create the culture to build within. You need to create the confines of the culture for the good to exist in it. I always talk about it. It's, it's like if, if you have a race, right? If Lucas and I are racing today, coach, and I get to start from a sprinter stance and just sprint 100 yards, and Lucas has to tie you to his left leg, and you guys have to three-legged race, and everyone's got different rules, and there's no, nothing stopping anything, it's never going to look good, right? But all it takes is two rules. Hey, everybody's sprinting from this line to that line. Everything else is up in the balance. So you get to compete in the parameters of that. If I want to push Lucas, if I want to trip him, I can do all that. But he's got just as much of an opportunity to battle back. That's what we look to create. That's what you guys are creating here in Columbia. It's what you created in Charleston. It's what exists in Charlotte. And it's something that we love. It almost reminds me of you would always see the schedules of the Naval Academy's football players. Right, and their starting quarterback schedule would start at six a.m., and it would end at ten. Yeah, and it was completely filled from start to finish. And some people may say, "Oh, well, it's a bad thing. When are they going to go do this or that?" Or get? And you know what? It's all a part of the growth process in that academy, right? And and it grows that way. You guys are the infantry. You guys can have this kind of idea of, you know, there is there is something to be said about organization. There's something to be said about being meticulous. There is something to be said about looking through and planning out our day and allowing ourselves to accomplish something. Matthew McConaughey said he makes a list every day, makes a list every day, starts off his day with wake up. So the first thing he does, he wakes up, he looks at his list, he puts an X through it and he goes, I accomplished something. I woke up this morning, babe. Let's go. Let's get to the next thing. Brush my teeth. Done. Got it. And that's the kind of world you guys create out there. Coach. When we get onto the ice, what is success in year one for Columbia? Now that I've gotten the organization, I've got the culture, I'm meticulous. What is our goal when we take the ice in Columbia? I mean, on the ice, like I said, right? Like my goal is to lay the foundation this year. Um, you know, look at what Charlotte did. And, and you know, I keep coming back to it because in my opinion, right? And having been through it, having coached against them as well, having that kind of rare outlook, like Charlotte's done it better than anyone. In year one, they laid down the culture, right? And they didn't, you know, win a ton of hockey games. Like they laid down the culture though, that when those players came back in year two and they, you know, added in really high-end skilled players that, you know, now were the culture was in place and they win a national championship in year two. Um, my goal is to compete for a national championship this year. The team I'm, you know, we're building here, like, I think it's got the potential to do that. But the main part is lay down that culture, lay down that when guys come back next year, when new players come in, that they're walking into a place that they know exactly what's going to be expected of them. And the expectation is going to be to lift the trophy, um, you know, and commit guys to school. Like we're not coming in as an upstart, you know, like expansion team who's going to be okay going 10 and 34. And, you know, maybe we commit one kid to ACHA D1, like, and, you know, like our goal is to, to really accomplish, um, you know, a lot of what we can to set ourselves up to be the next, you know, Charlotte rush to be the next Richmond general, like the programs that everybody knows, um, you know, and in Charleston, we went to a national championship in year two with, again, a lot of those guys that were there in year one. Right. And, 
um, that's the expectation. Like I, I took this job and, you know, to build something special down there and that's how I'm getting these guys to buy in. And my expectations when we hit the ice is that the expectations are high. There's no, you know, Oh, it's okay. We lost. Cause we're an expansion team. Like it's not up to my standards. It's not up to the, you know, standards of the culture that gets set within, you know, this ownership group's parameters. Like our, our goal is to really establish something successful there. Yeah. And, you know, I always love the saying winning is contagious. And so is losing, right? It's you, you can build a losing culture quick. You can, you can build a winning culture quick. Lucas, before we get towards our parting words, you got anything else for coach here? I think, I think I'm just, like I said, I'm excited, excited for the, some of the expansion teams excited at the injection of youth into the game. You know, we did an, an interview with, with uh, Tristan Jensen from the Battle Creek Colonels, right? Another young guy. Just just trying to do it right, trying to help these players. And, it, you know, conversations that we've all had before is that the the older ways of doing things, they're, they're falling off, right? It's, it's now this game belongs to the youth. It belongs to the next generation. We have a lot of the ability to shape it, to make it look how we want, both above the table and, you know, behind the scenes. And I think with, with coaches like you, and, and, you know, the ownership group there who's constantly making making strides to improve things for players. I mean, the, the future of the, the game of junior hockey, you know, looks looks pretty bright. And I'm excited. No, I was just I was just going to say, yeah, right. Like, I, I do think that there's something to obviously, you know, um, being involved in, in this game at a, at a young age for all of us. Right. Like um, being able to influence it. Um, but I think taking lessons too, right? Like I, um, this year getting to work with Troy, right? Like Troy's a guy who's been around at the East coast coaching level, right? He's, you know, obviously won the national championship last year and, and just, it's, it's crazy. Just the kind of ways you can learn that you don't really expect, right? Like, um, you know, after I got hired in Columbia, I made the joke. I, I was on the phone with Troy the other day and I made the joke to him. I was like, man, you know, I bet you thought once I got hired by a different team, you'd probably hear from me less. I actually think I talk to him more now, you know, <laughs> you know, he's still coaching Charlotte. I'm in Columbia now. And, you know, I'm calling the, the Charlotte rush coach for advice. Right. So, um, you know, it's just, I think there's something to be taken from that. And, you know, the connections you build in this game are, are so important. And you look at for a lot of these players, like, you know, I got guys helping me now recruit who I coached three years ago and now they, you know, work at whatever job they have, but they still go to the rink. And when they have a kid, you know, who might be interested in juniors, they send his number to me because, you know, those are the relationships you build. And I just, I think it's such a special opportunity and especially at a young age, just, you know, I'm very thankful to be a part of it. And, you know, you guys do such an unbelievable job with it too. And, um, helping promote these guys, helping promote coaches, programs, whatever it is. I just, you know, it, it makes me happy to be a part of. And, you know, I'm very, very thankful for all of it. Yeah, Coach. And I, I think for the folks at home, we always like to kind of explain who we're talking to, right? Because we get to know you guys, like, throughout the league, throughout hockey, whether it's at the collegiate ranks here. Or at, we meet guys all the time, guys and gals in this game that are awesome. They love the game. They breathe the game. They live it. And, Coach, there are few and far between like yourself. You, the, you absolutely adore this game. And the, the care you have for the athletes that take the ice for you, it's something that we've seen since day one. And to watch you kind of grow as a coach over the last couple of years, it's something I'll continue to say. There is going to be one day when you were behind the bench at the next, next, next level, 
and we're going to be sitting here doing the Dan K show, and you're going to have to come do an interview with these guys at a gong show. The PR people are going to be like, who the heck are you talking to? And why are we letting them into an NHL locker room? And we're going to be there still rocking our polos. Lucas will be wearing his backwards bro hat, and we'll be rocking an interview with you. I can guarantee that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that a lot. That that really means a lot. Um, you know, I, I obviously have so much respect for what you guys do. I mean, I, I interact with you guys every time I see you for a reason, right? Um, and it's not just to, you know, get you guys to film the dry scoop. So, um, you know, so I, I genuinely enjoy it, right? And it's it's just such a special opportunity for these guys, you know, for the kids to have something like this too to look at and check in every week for power rankings and stuff like that, right? So, um, you know, and again, it adds fuel, right? Like, I mean, you guys know I'm one of the biggest, you know, take stuff personal guys, right? So, um, you know, it's it's a blast. I, I can't thank you guys enough for everything you've done for me over the last few years and everything you guys continue to do for our elite. So, well, coach, we'll be asking for NHL tickets in about 10 years, but until then, we'll continue to help out all we can. Lucas, your parting words for today's podcast with the newly minted head coach of your Columbia Infantry. Oh, he put on the upside-down sunglasses like a bro. He looks like Guy Fieri right now. Oh, no. That was, a, that was a good joke I told my sister once. My sister, the first time, she always had long blonde hair, softball player, better athlete than me. And she went for the shorter hair look the one time, and I said, you kind of look like Girl Fieri. And she did not like that joke. Still to this day, very mad at me. I could only make it to my sister. But every once in a while, I'll be like, what's up, Miss Fieri? How are we doing? And that's it. Diners so now we know what Lucas looks like <laughs> coach your parting words for today's podcast let's hear it yeah um you know just you know thank you guys for obviously taking the time today and you know thank you for everything you did this past season I know that it was a lot of hectic uh craziness going on the last two years because of COVID everything like that so um you know and just to everyone kind of listening right like I'm very excited, very thankful to be part of this opportunity in Columbia and, you know, all the support that we're receiving, I'm very thankful for. Um, and I'm just excited to kind of get it put all together, right? Like uh, we always joke around games are the easy part, right? Like as, as, as stressful as they are and, um, you know, as hard stopping as they are, they're the easy part, right? Getting on a bench for 90 minutes, um, you know, game, warm up, whatever, and, and watching, um, you know, those guys play, like that's the easy part. Um, you know, everything else, like that's where all the hard stuff happens and you have to have good people around you. And, um, that's one thing I have always been thankful for with this ownership group, right? Ryan, Jocelyn, Julie, uh, Matt Dibble, right. Ray, Troy, Trevor, um, you know, everyone. And, and that's one thing I feel like it's never going to go away. You surround yourself with good people, right? Ryan says it all the time and that adds up to, to who you are as a person. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, towards the excitement of that first game. But, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. And to be honest, I think that's going to be the fun part of it. So I'll tell you what, I always have a quote that goes along with our, our guest each week. I try to find a cool one here. I like to look at a lot of young professional quotes, a lot of, a lot of stuff about kind of startups, entrepreneurship, things like that. I like this one. Don't be afraid to take chances early on. The more established you become within any particular field, the harder it'll be to break free from convention. 
And that's something that I think you do really well, Coach. I think you you come in with a young mindset and you're not afraid to take chances. Most of the time, our goal when we get out of the gig, when we get into our first gig in life, is hold on tight to the rails. Don't let me out of this one. If I lose this job, no one will ever employ me again. I'll never be anywhere else. But to take chances, to be in Charleston, to be in Charlotte, now taking on this gig with Columbia, it'd be easy to say, hey, I was a couple steps away from the championship doorstep last year with Charlotte. Let's stay in the elite. Let's do it again. Run it back. Let's play it safe. To go out to take chances, to step to the ledge, and to say that I'm bigger than the challenge in front of me, bigger than the mountain I need to climb or the cliff I need to traverse down, that takes a special something, Coach, and that's something that I think all of our parents, all of our players, everybody should take a look at, and they should be reaching out to the Columbia Infantry right now. Not just because it's the all-Dan K wagon right now. You're gonna, We're releasing our all-Dan K show teams as we talk here, the elite, the premier, the NCDC. There are a few all-Dan K team guys that are on this roster in Columbia next year. I'm excited to see it. I'm all about the underdog. You have no fear of the underdog. That's why you will not survive. One of my favorite songs to listen to as I kind of get myself pumped up for each and every workday. Coach Smulovich, the Columbia Infantry, Columbia, South Carolina, beautiful city, fun town, great place to be, an organization that will be top notch. If you want to care, you got to put the care first, and that's what they do. They will they will absolutely deliver on the promise. That's something we always look for in organizations. We're excited to see it. Reach out to the Columbia Infantry today. You can go to dancashow.com to find out how to contact them there. We'll have all your contact information on the website. Let's talk about our sponsors. How about GMU Sports? Coach was talking about doing pre-workout dry scoops. Well, guess what? Now we can get him on video doing his dry scoops with GMU Sport. Hashtag fuel the burn. We got a little protein powder. I took my thermo burns at the start of this. I'm a little bit amped up because I should be in the gym working this stuff off right now. But instead, I'm interviewing Coach Smolovich. Protein powder, though. You can get 22% off right now. That's USPHL22 at checkout, gmusport.com. We're also posting links to a webpage that gets you even more off if you're a USPHL player, coach, organization, parent, whatever. You're going to get even more of a discount. You go to that page there. Going forward, our teams will have an opportunity to get a huge discount on these products. What do you do? Tell your coach, tell your owner, tell whoever. Sign up at GMU Sport today. They can sign up. You guys will get a steep discount. These are people who had kids who played the game of hockey, who played athletics, who bought this stuff, and they were spending three, $400 a month. They're going to keep this thing way below that. I can guarantee you that. I've seen the prices. It's incredible what they're doing. They're also going to take money, put it into some really cool events that we'll be, we'll be announcing later in the offseason, some really cool stuff to come there. Selly Salt couple hockey moms. They like to season their food. They said, why don't we make a business out of it? Why don't we celebrate? Celly salt. You sprinkle it on your next meal. Sinbin fire, chirping herb. You're talking about your celly salt. That's why they called it that. They got celly salts. Body trick. You go to body-trick.com today. You tell them the Dan K Show sent you. They've got this stuff. I put it on my knees. It's like an icy hot, but it's all natural. So you don't have to worry about all the chemicals getting in there. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel good. When I'm done running, I've been running 5Ks because Coach Smolovich pumped me up because he said he ran a 5K. So I said, I got to get on the treadmill. I got to run a 5K. I ran a 5K. I went, oh, my God, I'm out of shape. So I took my fuel to burn, my pre-workout. I ran a better 5K next time. Now I use my body trick to get back. Go to bodytrick.com. Stop snoring with just a sip. RemasteredSleep.com. It's a water bottle. It's the water bottle of your dreams. I gave them that line, Lucas, but I'm going to charge them next time they steal marketing from me, okay? I gave them that tagline. You go to RemasteredSleep.com today, 10% off at checkout. That's Dan K. Show 2022 at checkout for 10% off. No more mess. Don't be Darth Vader. Don't sound like you're the coach of the Charlotte Rush and be Darth Vader, okay? We don't need you marching in with all the stormtroopers. Everybody loves everybody except the Rush. No. 
Get your remastered sleep water bottle. Get the straw. Stop snoring today. That's it, Lucas. Elite 200 Profiles is on my hat. You can also go check them out. They're pretty cool as well. Thank you to the USPHL, the NK Show, the most watched show in junior hockey by seven times plus over its competition. When Dan K's on the mic, it's always hockey night.